Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Radio Imbibe from Imbibe Magazine. I'm Paul Clark, the executive editor of Imbibe, and this is episode number 10 of our podcast. It's early December, and we're shifting into full holiday style here. I've always been a big fan of the holiday season, and with all of the weirdness that 2020 has flung our way, I'm feeling extra motivated to throw the next few weeks into full-on eggnog mode. The season's one for celebrating, but this is also going to be a really challenging time for many. The COVID crisis has robbed so many families of loved ones, and our gatherings this year are going to be much smaller and closer to home. And the disruptions to bars, restaurants, and the whole hospitality industry means that our favorite bartenders and servers and everyone throughout the industry are facing even more difficult days ahead. In this episode, we're going to touch upon both the brightness of the holidays as well as the challenges that are out there and how to get through them. To help us with this, we're talking to Souther Teague, the beverage director for Amor Amargo in New York City and author of I'm Just Here for the Drinks, about how he approaches holiday cocktails, the status of his bar today, and mental health resources for hospitality professionals during the season ahead. December, uh, and Thanksgiving is behind us, the election's behind us, uh, we have Christmas and Hanukkah and the winter holidays ahead. Tell me, when you're behind the bar at Amoria Margo at this time of year, in a typical year, feeling festive and seasonal, where do your thoughts go when you're thinking about cocktails and holiday drinks? I mean, you know, uh, Amari are, are our main focus at the bar, of course, and, you know, many of them, I think, lend themselves to seasonal, what we consider seasonal flavors. You know, many of them have like uh, leather and baking spice and, uh, you know, many of them are somewhat uh, dark fruit forward. So those are the kind of things that I gravitate towards typically in this month of the year. And of course, this year as well, we're under certainly di- different circumstances. But, you know, those are the kind of things that I'm, I'm leaning towards. We always do stir drinks. We never use uh, juice. We never we never shake drinks. So, so all pretty rich uh, at the bar. And, you know, as you mentioned, as the name suggests for Amari Amargo, Amari and Aperitivi and other bitter type things are your stock and trade. But we're all sitting at home or should be sitting at home this holiday season. But it's still a season for food holidays. How do Amari and other bitter liqueurs and bitter ingredients, how can they play an integral role in any, in any kind of homebound holiday cocktail approach that people may be thinking about this time of year? Well, I mean, first, Paul, you mentioned food, like uh, get some Amari into your food, get some bitters into your food, you know, uh, add some, you know, walnut bitters to your next pecan pie, add some uh, punch Fantasia to, to your to your fruitcake, you know, what we consider, I think, winter spices, it's pretty funny, they all come from islands, right? You know, like, where does, where does nutmeg, mace and ginger come from, like Jamaica, where it's never winter, but we think of those as winter spices, and a lot of those are present in Amari. And, you know, you can certainly pack them into foods, but and then easily into drinks. You know, you can turn your standard Manhattan into a, a winterized drink by adding a little bit of Bekarovka, which is a cinnamon and clove bitter from the Czech Republic or or something like that. And actually, I want to go that route a little bit because, you know, at this time of year, it's it's a time when we think of, you know, kind of comfort food and more traditional things that we're accustomed to coming back to in the past. So for a lot of people, we're thinking, you know, classic cocktails, but maybe some kind of twist on a familiar thing, like a Manhattan or an old fashioned. For you, do you typically stay in that kind of traditional classic vein or do you aim for kind of uh, some kind of a twist on a, on a classic or do you go totally original? Where, where do you, where does your thinking go at this time of year? Well, I mean, at Amoria Margo, we're nine years old. We turned nine during the pandemic back in March, March 21st. So right after the shutdown started our nine year history, we've only made three drinks. Uh, and then variations of those three. Those three drinks are the old fashioned, the Manhattan, and the Negroni. So our minds are always set in a state of 
classicist, you know, like very classic cocktails. How can we then manipulate them to meet the, the time of year or the season or the occasion, right? So, you know, uh, even as I just said, the first thing that came to my mind was a Manhattan with Bekarovka, but, you know, you could twist, a, a, you know, Negroni-style cocktails to be more festive and holiday by substituting a different vermouth or substituting a different Amaro or substituting a different spirit base. You know, I think of kind of lean towards a rum-style uh, Negroni cocktails at this time of year, maybe a dark rum and an overproof rum um, with a, you know, rich uh, cola nut-style Amaro like Maletti or uh, Lucano, uh, and then like a, a big, bold Spanish vermouth that's got some spice notes to it as well. And you, you build in that same, you know, Negroni fashion, which for us is basically two to one to one uh, at Amor, and then we add bitters to everything. That's just our shtick. And those bitters can can complement those flavors as well, you know. Or you reach for something alpine, taste of pine, you know, like uh, Zerbenz is a stone pine liqueur. Tastes like, uh, tastes like kissing a Christmas tree, or even Braulio, which has got plenty of alpine notes and uh, some citrus notes as well. So pine and juniper and citrus in that one. Um, like I think all, all these, lo lots of times throughout the year, people come into a Mori Margo and they'll try something and they'll, they'll whisper to their friend or their, or, or to me, the bartender, and they'll say, oh, this tastes like Christmas. Like a lot of the things on my bar are holiday themed inadvertently, you know. And a lot of people, you know, as we're getting closer to the holidays, they're thinking that they might want to go in this direction at home for the stuff that they're doing. When they're stopping by their liquor store or when they're stopping by their local bar or restaurant that's doing bottle sales for takeout. Are there a few things that they should keep an eye out for to think of, you know, improving their holiday cocktails and pick up a bottle to bring home? Are there a few products in particular that uh, people should keep an eye out for? I mentioned already Bekarovka. Uh, it's very, in my opinion, holiday flavor. You know, it's cinnamon and clove. I already mentioned Zerbenz. It's pine. It's a pine liqueur, um, which you can add to any cocktail, add that to a daiquiri even, right? Uh, just a little splash in there alongside your rum, sugar, and, and lime juice. And you'll, have, you'll suddenly it'll be sort of holiday flavored daiquiri. You know, it's a lot of plug and play. Um, I also mentioned Punch Fantasia, a taste of bitter butterscotch. Um, it's delightful. It's in a drink we're going to probably talk about a little bit later that we serve it a more right now. Cola Nut Amari, always have that sort of flavor and richness in my opinion. So that would be like Maletti, Averna, which has notes of maple as well. Uh, Amaro Lucano and the Lucano Anniversario is delicious in, in that regard as well. If you're maybe a little bit more sort of Eastern European slant, you can look for something like the Riga Black Balsam. Um, they also created a new one that's current. So um, Black Currants, oh, sorry, it's Red Currants. Black Balsam is the thing, but it's Red Currants. That one has a kind of a holiday vibe to it as well. Maybe I would look at something like uh, Unicum from uh, the Zwack family. Uh, Unicum's got a lot of spice notes and they make one called Unicum Plum. Uh, which is they put it back in a barrel for six months over over a bed of prunes. Uh, so it's got a really floral and sort of dark fruit, which I think, you know, harken this season as well. So th those would be ones I would look out for. And I know that, you know, a lot of those are impossible to get in some of the places that people are listening. But, you know, demand equals supply. So if you go and you keep asking for these things, they'll eventually start bringing them. Absolutely. And I think a lot of these ingredients are becoming a little bit more uh widely available across the country, but also given COVID and given the situation that bars and restaurants are in now, depending on the state and the city where you live, you might be able to pick up to-go cocktails or bottles to go from bars and restaurants. And if you have favorite bars that typically stock these kinds of things, this is a great time to go by, see if they're doing that kind of sale and uh, and give them a little business as well. You had mentioned that you're doing things a little bit differently at Amoria Margo. Because of COVID, you, you're doing uh, th things to go. Tell us a little bit about why you're doing this holiday season that's different from in the past well you just mentioned uh to go cocktails which uh we have been doing kind of a big business in 
luckily, you know, at Amori Margo, we don't use anything perishable. Um, so all of our cocktails are, are shelf stable somewhat indefinitely. So we sell them in single servings, like a hundred milliliter bottle all the way up to a liter. So you can get about 10 servings out of a bottle. Um, and we encourage people to pick up the liter. It's cheaper by the dozen, you know, as you scale up the per cocktail cost goes down uh, and also it's going to last. And, you know, also it's holiday time. Maybe if you're having a small safe gathering, you can have a liter of Negronis or a liter of the Edamaro Sazerac on hand and pour it as needed. Um, so we're doing that. You did mention bottle sales in New York. That's uh, been that, that restriction has been lifted. So we're also acting as a de facto liquor store. And because our stuff is mostly specialty, people are coming to us to find those things like the ones I just listed and, and a great many others. And then in general, the bar itself has had to. Well, we're only an outdoor service uh, on the main bar right now uh, still uh, because 25% allowable inside. You've been to my bar. It's tiny, 240 square feet, um, but it's based on not just capacity, but spatial distance. And so that 25% would leave us literally two guests inside. So we don't bother. So uh, and the inside looks like production center right now because we're bottling cocktails in there. So it doesn't really look very comfortable to, to even have two people in. So we take cocktails outside um, and we're doing things that we've never done before. It's getting cold. We've never had a, a hot cocktail on the menu and, and we've, we've already had two, now two uh, on the menu. Uh, we're on the second one now. We've never used any syrups before. Uh, we're using a syrup in that cocktail. So, you know, we've had to change. And then over the summer when it was hot, again, you know, I'm, I'm hard pressed to ask a, anyone, much less a, a New Yorker, uh, walking around on a 110 degree day to sit down in my outdoor patio in the bright sunlight and enjoy, a, you know, a Manhattan. Uh, so we were making drinks with juice, which we'd never done before. Shaking drinks. We never shook a drink at Amore Margo. So we're having to, I curse the word pivot, but we're having to, you know, uh, change our stance on a lot of things, not necessarily lose our ethos. We're still making delicious drinks uh, and they're all involving Amari and bitters in some way. Um, but we're having to adjust our, you know, trajectory to make sure that the guests feels that they're being cared for in the, in the best possible way that we can do during these sort of trying and difficult times. And you were going to tell us a little bit more about one of these uh, hot drinks that you're serving. Yeah, uh, we call it the Bald Mountain, and, and we call it that because it's got, again, that punch fantasia in it. And uh, Blake Walker, my head bartender at Amore Margo, for now, apparently he's leaving after three years. Um, but I, I wish him good luck. He's going on to do some great things. He's a fan of the movie um, Disney's Fantasia, and there's a scene in there, I guess, that involves Bald Mountain. I don't, I don't necessarily know what he's talking about, but... I follow along. Uh, so the Punch Fantasia, again, tastes a bitter butterscotch. Uh, it's one, I'll give you the specs if you like. It's one ounce of that. It's a half ounce of aged rum. Uh, right now we're using Real McCoy. Um, it's a half ounce of overproof rum. Right now we're using uh, Smith & Cross. Just a quarter of an ounce of Giffard pineapple, and even that's new to us. We've never used anything like that at Amore Margo. Too sweet for our general profile, but we wanted it for this drink. A half an ounce of a cinnamon syrup. It's a two-to-one Demerara syrup that we make with cinnamon sticks. Uh, two dashes of Dale DeGroff's pimento bitters, and the pimento is the allspice berry, so it's got kind of the flavors of all spices. Uh, and we build that into uh, the very iconic uh, New York City uh, paper to-go coffee cup, the one that looks like uh, you know the Greek uh, writing on there that says like, we, we got sleeves of those from the local bodega, actually. So it's an eight-ounce mug with all that in there. And then we top it up with mulled water. So we have a kettle, you know, one of those electric kettles on the bar. And in the in the kettle is water along with cinnamon, anise, and cloves. So that's our hot component that we pour right in there. And that component, of course, is flavored as well. So we're not just adding hot water to this mixture. Uh, we squeeze an orange twist over the top and we grate some nutmeg. Uh, and it's, it's delicious. Um, you know, it's got these warming spices. It's got that bitter butterscotch flavor. It's got just a hint of pineapple coming out on the backside. And I think that, again, a tropical item from an, 
uh, from an island, uh, somehow a taste of, uh, you know, holiday season, you know, like that caramelized pineapple flavor uh, comes through. It's, it's quite delicious. That sounds amazing. Uh, that sounds really, really good. I'm going to have to check that out. Now, um, you were talking earlier about how you've had to adjust your, your service approach at Amoria Margo. But as we were talking about before we started recording, you before COVID hit, you had a series of bars. You had a number of bars. Where do things stand right now with Amoria Margo and your other bars? And, and where are you leading into the holidays and heading into 2021? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a pretty grim, you know, eight plus months now. Uh, you know, starting in March, back if we roll the clock back to March, I owned five bars uh, and currently I own one. Um, you know, we talked off the air about how the National Restaurant Association predicted that 85% of all sole proprietorships in our sector would close by January. Um, and then I realized I am that statistic, right? I've closed four out of five. That's 80%. I'm right in the, I'm right in the pocket. And it's been difficult. Um, Closing, uh, laying people off, literally the lonely feeling of going into uh, you know what was a place that I had hopes and aspirations for and having to clear it out by myself, you know, uh, um, you know renting a truck and going in and taking out equipment and, and all the things that we can pull out of places before we have to turn in the keys and let them go. It's been pretty, pretty rough. But at the same time, Paul, uh, I have mustered up, you know, every bit of myself to keep marching forward. Um, and so Amoria Margo is now... Uh, expanding. Um, the space next door that we were always connected to, uh, it, it's been many bars. Um, you know, Amori Margo was on the backside of the kitchen that served um, another bar, most recently Mother of Pearl. Mother of Pearl didn't survive COVID. So suddenly we were, you know, like the odd roommate who took the room no one wanted, but now the the, the homeowner moved out, right? So our, our choice is to either move out to uh, or take over the house. So we took over the house uh, and we created what we call general store at Amoria Margo on the corner. It's beautiful. Um, go check out my Instagram for some photos of that. I'm at Creative Drunk. It's really beautiful. We've always sold bitters, books, barware, but now we've had we've got more linear foot space to put more products that we love uh, and also expand our, our um, offerings to include bottle cocktails, as we mentioned, and also I'm a bottle shop for now. We expect that that's going to last for at least two years here in New York. That's kind of a lifeline they've given us. And branded items. You know, we've, we've created some branded glassware and uh, we've got uh, Cocktail Kingdom to brand some spoons and jiggers and juleps and uh, Yari pitchers for us. We've got uh, Mover and Shaker to make us t-shirts. Uh, some of our some of our most famous uh, icons at the bar, like the Manhattan, the Old Fashioned, and the Negroni. Uh, Natalie Check designed us uh, some new logos for the bottle cocktails, which we made uh, beautiful labels for. So it's really given us a chance to expand in that regard. And then what was the main bar space of Mother of Pearl is now what we call a more Margo Reserve. And at Reserve, we only do eight guests at a time. And they're obviously quite socially distanced uh, because the room is pretty big. Uh, and we offer cocktails paired with small, past vegan appetizers. And the vegan part comes from my partner, Robbie. Uh, he is a vegan. Uh, he's got several vegan bars and restaurants here in New York City. And also it comes from the fact that, you know, for nine years I've served Amari, which are vegetal, herbaceous, botanical liquids. Um, so it makes sense to me to pair them with vegetal, herbaceous, uh, botanical foods. Um, and, you know, I was a chef myself for 12 years, so I'm working pretty closely with the guy we hired. His name's Alec Gross, formerly a sous chef at ABCV, a very, very well-known uh, vegetarian restaurant here in New York City. So I think we've built a pretty cool and unique experience for people to come and see. And it's kind of going to be pandemic proof forever. You know, uh, it'll only seat eight people at a time right now and do two seatings a night. So 16 guests total. 
Um, the eventuality is we'll do up to four seatings a night. Uh, and the eventuality when we get back to, you know, 100% occupancy allowance will be a maximum of only 19. So it'll still be a relatively small room uh, no matter what. So, uh, so far we've had uh, 13 nights of service now. And, and so far it's doing pretty well. Uh, the store is doing gangbusters. It's become the engine. Um, Amori Margaret Outdoor right now is starting to limp because the weather is changing pretty dramatically here in New York. But uh, you know we're swinging. We're not gonna we're not gonna go out without a fight. Well, the holidays are an amazing time of year. Traditionally, very festive and full of friends and family. But as we've been saying, it's 2020, and this isn't going to be a typical holiday season for anybody. No. Particularly for bartenders and servers and other hospitality workers, this is going to be a really different year. You've been outspoken in the past about the need for everyone, but particularly hospitality workers, to pay attention to mental health and, and to take care of themselves on that basis. Depression and anxiety are fairly commonplace in the industry, and that can be particularly pronounced during the holidays and particularly pronounced during 2020 with what we're going into. What kinds of resources would you like your friends and colleagues in the industry to know about if they need a place to turn, especially if they're facing challenges at this time of year? I mean... You know, I'll, I'll admit freely that uh, I have been um, not the kindest to myself in the past eight months. I've been definitely turning up the dial on sort of self-medication. We all know what that means. Um, and, you know, self-soothing. You know, I've been eating too much, not exercising as much as I, I'd like to, and definitely drinking more than I normally do. So I look to resources that are, you know, baked into my system already, you know, um, I follow things on Instagram that I think uh, are helpful, and a couple of them are. The, there's a new one from, uh, I don't know if you know, Lauren Paler down in D.C. and Alex Jump, of course, out in Denver. They created FOH, uh, so it's supposed to mean like the double entendre on front of house or front of health, I think is what it stands for. Um, and they're doing a lot of initiatives uh, through their Instagram channel and website to help promote just a better lifestyle for folks who are in our business, which if you can just get your lifestyle sorted out, it really helps your mental, um, you know, uh, acuity to, to get better. You know, if, you, if you're eating better and exercising better, your anxiety will, will naturally kind of wane. Uh, and then uh, another one to, to follow is uh, Amy Ward. Uh, she's in Maryland, I think, and she's known as the health tender on Instagram. Uh, she's got all kinds of uh, tips and exercises for you to do and uh, nutrition, you know, advice. Um, so those are a couple uh, to look at right away. And then as far as your, you know, and, and those are mostly sort of physical, but that, again, I think really helps allay anxiety. It does for me uh, when I'm paying better attention to that stuff. And again, I, I also kind of give myself a break when I'm not paying attention. You know, the thing is not to beat yourself up when you're not keeping up with those sorts of things. Uh, allow yourself to be able to slip. And then, you know, the next step is, of course, to take a look at things that are local to you, um, just type into your browser, uh, you know, substance abuse or um, mental health and lots of local things will pop up. And, and there's simple things, you know, uh, go to go go to meetings. You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm not uh, obviously I'm a drinker, but uh, I go to AA meetings from time to time just to sort of like hear how other people are doing, see how other people are doing and, and just to have a community. And again, I know that's kind of hard right now because you can't really gather, but, you know, get around people who are in a positive mindset. And that always helps me get back into a positive mindset. So following these Instagram channels, checking in with people. Um, I'll tell you what, Paul, I've been on the telephone uh, more in the past eight months than I probably have been in the past eight years. You know, if anything good has come out of this, it's the fact that I pick up the phone and I actually talk to my friends near and far. And that helps a ton as well. 
Absolutely. Uh, you know, these kinds of connections that you're talking about, they're going to be absolutely essential for everybody coming into the winter. Uh, you know, I think we're at, we're at a point where we see the light at the end of the tunnel uh, from the good news we've been having on the vaccine front, but it's still going to take us a while to get there. And it's going to be, you know, this winter is going to be a big challenge. So we've talked in the past about some of the organizations that are set up, uh, particularly for hospitality workers, organizations such as Ben's Friends uh, or, or Cat Kinsman's Effort, Chefs with Issues. On the website uh, accompanying this podcast, we're going to include links to some of those coverage that we've done in the past and some of these resources. So if folks out there listening and they're looking for a place to turn, head to the website and we'll have some resources listed for you. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. And that's, uh, you know, Imbibe's always been a great resource as well. You know, uh, um, I've been a subscriber to the magazine for a long time. You and I have known each other for a while now. And like, uh, again, it's just a, a, our community is so thankfully quite integrated. We, we are very fortunate that we're not in another field of endeavor where we can't just pick up the phone and call someone who, who we may have never met before. I can I, I feel pretty comfortable being reached out to by anyone. Uh, and I feel pretty comfortable reaching out to anyone. You know, if I see someone doing something cool or, or, or conversely something stupid, I might DM them in some way and just be like, hey, what's up? Uh, and, and get a response. You know, I don't know if that's true if I was an accountant or, uh, you know, I don't know, a surgeon. Um, our, our field is pretty close knit, and I think that that's that that alone is a support system that we can rely on, whether we whether we're aware of it or not. I think that hopefully I'm making you aware of it. That's true. You can reach out to reach out to me. Uh, I'll. I'll try and help if I can. That is the silver lining in this. You know, hospitality workers are geared to, you know, tune in to, to other people and check in and just have a conversation, even if, even if it's with someone you've never met before. So I think this is the time of year and particularly the, the winter of COVID uh, when we need to make use of those resources and know that those resources exist. I think one of the things I've missed the most in this past eight months is what you were just talking about, just the conversations, the connections, you know, um, you know, um, been been doing multiple episodes of my show per week instead of just one, um, and uh, that's keeping me a little bit connected. I've been doing a lot of Zoom tastings and and courses and things like that to keep me connected. But what I really, really miss the most because of all of this is, of course, having a bustling room full of happy people, the the clinking of ice and glasses, and and the you know the low chatter in a dim room. Like that's that's what I miss the most. So. It's nice to have a good conversation with you, Paul. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will get to the other side of this before long. And I can't wait to be sitting across that bar from you again sometime uh, in the coming year. Yeah. Thanks, man. The only way out is through. Thank you. Cheers, bud. Check out this episode's detailed notes on our website for that recipe from Souther Teague for the Bald Mountain and for links to some of the mental health resources mentioned on this show. That's it for this round. Keep up with us online at imbibemagazine.com for more articles and recipes to keep your holidays rolling. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook for many more drink ideas in the days to come. And if you're not already a subscriber to the magazine, here's your opportunity. Just follow the link in this episode's notes and we'll take care of you. Thanks for joining us for this round of Radio Imbibe. I'm Paul Clark, and I'll be back with you soon with our next episode.